from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you and happy to spend some time with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I really appreciate the opportunity and... Appreciate you being here, so thank you so much for that. You can catch Wake Up Call on so many different outlets on Facebook.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, on Twitter at CallDT, on Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. So, you know, I really just uh, I appreciate however you do it. There's so many ways to get involved. And as you know, on WakeUpCallDT.com, it's just, it's everywhere. It's wakeupcalldt.com. You get the MixLR feed. You get the Right Now page that has all the articles. You get over 20 pages in total on the homepage. Like I said, the live MixLR feed is right under the ticker. And then right under that is the RSS feed, the iTunes iTunes podcast, and the app powered by Podbean. So a lot of ways to get involved, and I appreciate all the ways that you do so. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the show here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So something special, there's a couple special things today that we have to discuss. So let's jump right into the morning menu and get there now. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu that is live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. Today's morning menu is going to start off with a few things. We have a couple special announcements. And then after that, we're going to take a look around the sports world, some things that have been going on. And from there, we will jump into interviews live from Syracuse camp. So live from Syracuse football camp, spring camp, spring practice, you will hear from linebacker Andrew Armstrong as well as defensive tackle Chris Slayton. So they will be joining the show this morning live right around 9.45 a.m. Eastern time. Things will start. So you're going to hear from Chris Slayton as well as Andrew Armstrong. I believe Andrew will be first and then Chris. That will happen live right here from Syracuse camp because, as you know, Syracuse spring practice is during wake-up call with Dan Tortora, so I can't physically be there like I typically was, and I love being there. But instead, since I can't be there, Syracuse has been nice enough. The university, Dino Babers, the football staff, and Syracuse Athletics has been kind enough to give me the opportunity to still conduct interviews from off-site so the guys call me from on site at camp. So they're calling me from that turf at camp this morning. You're going to hear from linebacker Andrew Armstrong, and you're going to also hear from defensive tackle Chris Slayton. And then from there, around 10.21 a.m. Eastern time, 
You think it's a weird time, but my birthday is 1021. For all of you wondering why 1021, Jalen Carey will be joining the show for the first time ever. The other 2018 signee incoming for Syracuse as a true freshman for basketball. Jalen Carey will join me at 1021 a.m. Eastern time. So you heard from Buddy Beheim numerous times here on the show. It's time to hear from his teammate that will be joining him as a true freshman. Jalen Carey's story that you won't want to miss airs live in just a little bit at 10.21 a.m. Eastern Time. And then we'll round out the show the way we always do with the Through the Looking Glass segment. Proudly brought to you every Thursday by Looking Glass Events. That is Through the Looking Glass. Proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events, where we take a deeper look at a trending topic. And I always look at what's going on. So you know I like to ad-lib. That's the way that I that I enjoy. You know, I, that's where my comedy comes from. That's how I live my life. You got to ad-lib. Be good on your toes. Always challenge yourself. So I will see what is trending at the time that we're discussing it this morning. And we will pick one of the topics that's trending on Twitter. And we'll discuss it in just a little bit. So, that's coming up. That's a way to take something positive. I know that social media can be negative, but it also can be very positive. So, I take things that are trending and find a positive way to discuss what's going on. So, we'll look at what's trending and we'll go from there and we'll have some fun with it in just a little bit here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on Wake Up Call. DT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Call. DT. So, a couple special announcements. Let's do those first. First and foremost, as I told you yesterday, yesterday was the last day that my wife would enjoy 28. This is the first day that she is enjoying 29. So, happy birthday to my babe, to my love. Happy, happy, happy birthday to my wife. We had some fun with uh, this morning. She said to me last night, she's like, I'm going to have to get bagels. I got to go to Panera and get some bagels. And I was like, nah, don't worry about it. Just come home. Weather's not that great. It's windy outside. So she came home. Little did she know I had already gotten bagels. Hence why I said, don't get any bagels. And surprised her this morning with bagels that I had hidden in plain sight. It was right in the cabinet. But I figured with getting food last night, she wouldn't be checking the cabinet. So we got her some good, good bagels this morning from Panera. So shout out to Panera. Thank you so much. So we got that for the wife, and we have celebrations and surprises coming up all throughout the day, especially uh, something that I had already told my wife we were going to be doing, but, you know, to discuss that a little bit more and and, uh, plan that out a little bit more. So I had already gotten my wife a big birthday gift, so she told me not to get her anything, and I decided not to listen. So she's got plenty of surprises coming up today. I'm very excited for that. And the biggest thing, which I already told her because I wanted to be able to plan and have her take days off and do what she needed to do, is that my wife and I are going to Walt Disney World. So, I love Disney. You all know I'm a Disney kid. My other show, Super Powered Pop with Dan Tortora, Super Powered Pop with DT and EB is what it's become now because Eric Bunch has joined me. So, Super Powered Pop with DT and EB, we love Disney, Eric and I. And my wife and I love Disney. His wife, Tara, loves Disney. I sense, I smell a Disney trip amongst us four, maybe someday. But I was talking to my wife and all the traveling that I had been doing through March. I was like, you know, I was gone from March 5th to March like 25th, except for five days. 
So I was gone for almost three weeks in between all of this. And if you count the travel, pretty much three weeks. So my wife had been amazing through it all. And I, and, and not that I expected any less because I wouldn't marry somebody that would have been crazy through it all. So I gave a lot of props to my wife and I appreciate it very, very much. And her and I were talking about, you know, Disney and what to do from here and, and whatnot. And I just, I said to my mom, I called my mom up. I was in the airport a hundred million times and I said, I've had enough. I said, when I come home, I'm planning a Disney trip with my wife and we're going to Disney and we're not waiting till the summer. We're not waiting till June. We're not doing this. We're just going to Disney. And we planned it out and my buddy and I shout out to Evan and we planned out the trip. And then my wife picked me up from where I was in Albany had flown into Albany with the Miracle on Ice team, 14 Olympians on the plane with me. And and as you know, Mike Ramsey was on the show speaking on the Miracle on Ice and his almost 20 years as a player in the NHL and then coaching. So that was a godsend. And I had planned out, I started to think about this trip. And then my wife picked me up with Lily, my little pup, in our little babe in Albany. And on the way home, I was just texting Evan, planning it out, doing our thing. And I went into the rest stop to grab something, came out, and I said to my wife, we're going to Disney. And she was like, shut up. No, we're not. I was like, no, we're going to Disney. I said, we're going to Walt Disney World. So start packing and get it get it, <laughs> get it ready. So that was her gift, her, her gift for her birthday. But I couldn't, you know, I'm like my mom. I was like, I don't want her to have nothing to open on her birthday and and nothing to, you know, have here. So we did some extra things, some extra special things, and, you know, we're going to have a good day. So if you see my wife or you know my wife or you got my wife on social media, please wish Kate a very happy birthday today and make sure you show her some love. I would greatly appreciate that if you send her some birthday love. So, and I know that she would too. So happy birthday to, to you, babe. The other information and the other, uh, the other thing that's going on is that this morning around 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, so it's going to be happening in just a little bit here, there's going to be a press conference with Rex Culpepper. Now, those of you that know Rex, and know, you know, Rex's story, you know, that, that Rex has testicular cancer and he plays on the Syracuse football team. He's somebody that's been no stranger to the show. I met him and, and physically flew down to, to, uh, to Florida and met him in Tampa with his brother. I was like doing, uh, I was covering three different things at the same time. And I had the opportunity to see him and his brother and, and watch them do their thing. And, you know, they were in seven on seven over the summer. So it, it was really, uh, it was really, really nice and, and really amazing. And I had already spoken with Rex and I got to see him again and just, you know, the kindness and just, you know, making time for me, being around for me, being extremely nice and, and just open and just wonderful. I mean, Rex has always been a nice guy to me. He's always made himself available he has always, you know, had great manners and just, just been a really nice guy. And I appreciate it completely. And it really does mean a lot to me. So 
you know, for for Rex and, and all that he's going through. I can't be there this morning because I'm doing the show. So, Rex, I want you to know that I really honestly appreciate your time. And I appreciate you as a person. And you mean the world to me because of how you treat people. And how you've always treated me. And I don't care, and, and he, he should know this, but if he doesn't, I don't care if he never played a game at Syracuse. I don't care if he if he never threw a touchdown pass ever, because what matters to me is how he treats people, his kindness, his generosity, and you know his fight. You know he he really he's one of those guys that doesn't give up on anything. He smiles all the time, and it just it means a lot to me. To see him fighting and just giving his all. I don't expect anything less from Rex. I really don't. I, I never expect Rex to, Rex to not fight, to not get after it, to not be the best that he can be. That's that's who Rex is. That's what Rex does. And I respect him to the nth degree. And I really feel honored to know him. And to know his, you know, members in his family and to be around him. He just, he's a fighter. You know, he's somebody that can't be stopped. And you know that, I mean, not that this is anything crazy for anybody, but I mean, I don't, I don't like the word cancer. I can't, I I really, I don't, it's the older you get, it's like, oh, such and such had cancer and this person had cancer and this person had cancer. You know, it's, it's my wife's godmother. It's. My aunt, it's my other aunt, it's my G-mama, you know, my great uncles, my one of my grandfathers. I'm just, I'm really, I am, I'm sick and tired of hearing it, I'm sick and tired of seeing it. I don't want people to have to go through this. I don't want anybody to go through any type of strife. And, and cancer's part of that. And yeah, we're going to talk about sports and we're going to get into some things this morning. But, you know, I, I have to say this because I want you to know you're not alone in your fight. I want you to know that I pray to God that I never have it and that you never have it and that nobody you love or I love ever has it. I pray my enemies don't ever have it because I don't choose my enemies. My enemies choose me. If they choose to waste their time hating on somebody who tries to be a good person, loves God, and gives the world his all every day, well, I don't think it's smart. I think energy could be spent positively. But if that's who you are, I can't change you. I just pray that you start using your energy toward a positivity in your life before you leave the earth. Because if you're using it on hating somebody, especially somebody like me who's got nothing but love in his heart, you're never going to be successful. It's going to be a total waste of time, and you're going to be wasting all your energy, and then at the end of it all, you have nothing to show for it, because I'm never going to stop fighting.
So if that's your plan to make me stop or somebody else stop who's giving their all and being a good person, I hope that person keeps fighting and keeps being a good person. And as a result of that, you've wasted an entire life on nothing. Hence why at the root of all evil, it makes no sense. So not to get off topic, I I just want to send a prayer out to Rex. I want to send love and respect and appreciation out to Rex. I couldn't be there this morning for his press conference because I am doing my show and, and dedicating, you know, this time to you as I always do outside of traveling and physically, you know, not being able if I'm sick or, or something like that, you know, outside of that, I am here and I, I know that Rex knows that I care. Him and I have spoken and, you know, and, and when the announcement came out about cancer, him and I had a nice conversation. So, you know. I just, I want him to know that I'm there in spirit, that I care, and that I'm always around. And he knows that I'm in this fight with him, and I'm not going anywhere. So, whatever he has to say this morning, I hope it's good news. I hope it's positive, And then we'll just take it from there. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. And on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Happy to be here with you and just very thankful to have you be a part of the show. The thing that's pretty amazing and, and that's really awesome is the fact that, you know, here's Rex fighting up against cancer and, and going up against this and showing that he could do anything and that he can overcome anything. And I pray to the good Lord God that he will. You know, this man has a faith. This man has love. He is caring, he is positive, and, you know, that, that means a lot to me. So, you know, his faith in God is going to carry him through this thing. And God is great, and God is good, and God will provide. And, you know, it's I've already seen another story and, and, and been around another story when it comes to James Conner and what he did when he said to his coach, he went over to his coach and he said, hey, coach, I got to leave for a little while to deal with this cancer thing, take chemo, do this, that, and the other thing, and I'll be back. I will come back, coach. And he did come back. He came back from injury. He came back from cancer. He got back on the field. He was not a shell of himself. He still was a force to be reckoned with. And then he got drafted to the NFL and stayed on an NFL roster and got some playing time with the Pittsburgh Steelers this past season. So, Rex, you know what? There are people there that can show you that you can do this. Go out there and do it. And HB Plant Football said something about it. You know, just put out the information. And, and I know that HB Plant's going to be extremely supportive. And I know that head coach Robert Weiner is, is going to be amazing in this whole run. So it's kind of ironic how I'm talking about all this and how Rex has a faith in God and, and you know, that his team down at HP Plan is faithful and everything. And then a thing just popped up on my Twitter that says, no Jesus, no peace. So just kind of interesting how that stuff happens. So I give my best to Rex. And like I said, James Conner fought this thing. He won. So just keep fighting, brother. Know that there's other people that have fought the good fight, that fight the good fight, and just, just keep being you and, and giving the best that you can to this. And it will work out. You will be okay. You know, you got to have faith and you got to believe. 
or else what are we doing? So Rex, I'm always going to smile for you. I'm always going to pray for you, and I'm always going to hope for you. Because above all things and above football and above being a quarterback, you've always been a good person to me. And that takes you farther than anything else in my book. So thank you for all that you have done. I really do appreciate it. With that being said, I want to throw out a special prayer to Mason. He's going through surgery right now while we're talking. He's gotten through the first half of surgery well. He's continuing to go through surgery in this moment. So love, peace, positivity, plenty of God, hugs, kisses, all that stuff. Mom and dad are are sitting there waiting for him patiently, and they sent me a message that he's doing okay. So my prayers and my love go out to Mason this morning, and my thanks to God for my Aunt Mary with everything going well with with what she had done with her surgery yesterday. So and she has a follow-up this morning. So, you know, just want to send out that. And that's that's what's going to be first on the show always. It's always going to be first. It's always going to be paramount on the show is, you know, send out prayers to people that need them. Send love to people that need them. Send positivity, you know. And if that offends anybody that we're praying and we're hoping and wishing people well, well, that's kind of sad, you know. And and <laughs> if that's how you live your life, to be angry at things that are positive, I can't imagine that anything makes you happy, and I pray that something will someday. I hope that you'll find some peace in a very positive way. Can't hate our enemies, right? You got to love them up, because people that are angry and mean, they need love. They don't need more hate, so... Inside of every angry person is is something broken. And the joke's on everybody because we're all broken. We've all been through stuff. We've all broken and put ourselves back together. Some of us don't put ourselves back together. Some of us don't try. Some of us give up. Somebody, Some of us think that it's everybody else's responsibility to take care of us. And those are the people that usually come at you attacking you and telling you their sob story and this, that, and the other thing. And you know what? You can't hate those people. You can't hate anybody. You got to pray for them. You got to get down on your knees to whatever you believe in, and you have to pray that things are going to get better for that person. I know it's the hardest thing in the world when somebody is mean to you on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram in person. I know that old wounds sometimes take a long time to heal. But I can promise you that old wounds take a long time to heal because we keep talking about them, because we keep focusing on them, because we keep worrying about them. My wife reminded me last night that I have old wounds that 7, 8, 10, 12 years later are not healed because I won't let them heal. It's not about whether or not they're going to heal. I'm halting them from healing. And in a world that needs a whole lot of healing, why should I stand in the way of my own? Amen, amen. And we move forward together. So, with that being said, we're going to take a look around the sports world and what's been going on before we get to those interviews. Like I said, from SU Football Camp, you're going to hear live from linebacker Andrew Armstrong and defensive tackle Chris Slayton in just a little bit here at approximately 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time. They're supposed to be calling into the show, so it always depends on when camp ends, but Syracuse has been amazing and getting these guys on the show and helping us to continue to connect with them despite not being there on site because we're doing the show. So 
With that being said, thank you to Syracuse one more time. We look forward to talking with them. And Jalen Carey will be coming up in the second hour of the show. You don't want to miss a moment of Jalen Carey's story. If you thought your life was hard and you thought that you've been through a lot, it's not to discredit or or under appreciate where you've come from by any stretch of the imagination because you should never compare yourselves to other people. I just want to let you know that Jalen Jalen Carey's story is profound. It is profound. And he is living it every day. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So Jalen Carey will be coming up at 10.21 a.m. Eastern Time. And then we'll round out the show with Through the Looking Glass, proudly brought to you by Looking Glass Events, where we take a deeper look at a trending topic. So with that being said... I want to get into a couple things before we get into Syracuse football camp and to take a look at what's going on with some of these things here as far as what's been going on around the world of sports. There's always some interesting news. And one of the things is the college basketball preseason top 25. Now, a bunch of different places do this, and they put it out there, and they let everybody see it. And it's done like the day after the national championship. Now, I have issue with this, okay? There's a few issues I have with it. Number one, it's disrespectful to the national champion because you give them three seconds to enjoy it. You give them three seconds to enjoy it. So that to me, no. I'm not for that, okay? I'm not for the way too early top 25 that comes out 15 minutes after Villanova has won the national championship because it's disrespectful to Villanova. Why are we not talking about Villanova? At least for a couple months. You know, everybody's like, okay, what about now? 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 What do you think about... And the thing is, they're not right. They're not right, especially this early. This is why people have... The people that have issues with predictions and prognosticating, this is why. These are the reasons why. Because it's not it has nothing to do with seeing the team. It has nothing to do with what this team can bring to the table. It has everything to do with this is what I think will maybe happen at some point somewhere. This is the NBA draft. Hey, I know almost nothing about this guy. I'm going to hope for the best. It's even worse than that. It's even worse than the draft drafting on potential and not really knowing everything that you're going to get from a player. This is us saying, hey, we saw on a piece of paper some people that are coming in, and if this guy returns, and if this guy does that, and we're just going to throw it out there. I don't think that making a prediction in April is accurate. You know, So for the people that are waiting to see my top 25 from next year, I guess you're going to be waiting a long time. Because I like to see the games before I start talking about the teams. I have this crazy thing where I actually like to have substantial information to back up my point. And people say, well, Dan, we have substantial information from last season. Yeah, but every season is different. Who would have thought UMBC was going to make the tournament, let alone beat a one seed? Who thought that Virginia was going to falter at the biggest time of their season? Who thought that Syracuse was going to get in? I did. I had them as an 11 seed play-in game right where they were. But how many people thought they weren't going to make it? How many people thought they were going to make the Sweet 16? How many people thought that Gonzaga was going to falter and not look like themselves? North Carolina was going to falter. That Texas A&M and Texas Tech would look better than other teams. How many people were focused on that? That Texas was not going to win a game. That Kansas State was going to be relevant with Virginia being out of the tournament. So anything can happen at any given time when you put a bunch of these teams in a room. I like to see 
the teams play together with the unit that they have. Well, Dan, what if everybody's coming back? I still want to see how they play. I can make an I can make an assessment. If I do my research and I go back and watch film and I look at this, that, and the other thing, I can make an assessment. But it's something about the way too early's that I can't stand. It's something about the we slam because because to me it's the bigger picture of we don't appreciate the now. We don't appreciate where we are now, what we're doing now, and that's the thing that that I that I don't like about how some people handle life, in the sense of they're always on to the next thing. They don't take the time to appreciate what they have. You get an award, and you're on to the next one. Oh, thanks for this award, whatever. You're on to the next one. Always on to the next one. Always on to the next one. And for me, I want to celebrate Vill- Villanova had 15 minutes to celebrate their championship. They go there on the floor, and obviously, you know, the CBS and TBS and TNT and True TV and that big conglomerate thing, they have they have certain minutes and they got to do this, they got to do that. The guys are up there like, hey, we're really excited about our championship. What's up, Cat Nation? And everybody cheers and then it's like, well, we'll have a great day and have a good night. Bye-bye. You know, and it's like, let the guys enjoy it. They just fought an entire season. We're in a round of 68 teams the top 68 of 351 schools, allegedly, and they just went through this entire thing, ran through the gamut, 40 games, and what, I mean, you look at how much, you you play between 30 and 40 games, 35 to 40 games, if you advance in the NCAA tournament, let them enjoy what they did, why are we, and everybody have a good night, it's like, you know, and the guy said, you heard them on the mic going, can we say one more thing, can we say, and he's, hey, well, we want to thank CBS, and we want to thank TBS and TNT. Can we say one more thing? Well, I want to... Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just shut your mouth, turn the mic to these kids, and if you go over by three minutes, so be it. Because the honesty of it all is, nine times out of ten, when they're announcing, broadcasting, prognosticating, they go over. So, if they're going to go over, let them go over. But let it be the kids. I was so annoyed... That when they were hoisting that trophy, Villanova got about three to five minutes to actually speak, and then maybe 15 minutes on television. But it was not, I mean, it was so rushed. It was so rushed. When these kids fight their entire season, their entire life to get to that moment that they may never get to ever again, let them speak as long as they want to speak. And prepare for that. What are you showing on television that's more important than that moment? You already put the game on at past 9 o'clock at night. People want to go to friggin' bed. Put the game on a little bit. Why can't the game be on at 8 o'clock? Well, we have to prep. Prep at 7. How many people this season were like, Dan, I want to watch Syracuse play, but they're starting at 9.59 p.m. They're on at 9.20. I have a baby. I can't stay up until midnight. You have to think about this stuff, okay? I understand you have games all day, but when it comes down to the Final Four in the National Championship, you don't have games all day. You have a choice. You don't have to start the games at 6 o'clock and 9.30. You could start them at 5 o'clock and 8.30 so that everybody can watch them. And the National Championship could be at 7. It could be at 9. 
It could be at eight. It could be at six. It could be at four. Well, we want to make the make sure the West Coast is watching. The West Coast is used to you having 8 p.m. Eastern, which is 5 p.m. Pacific. They're used to that. So play it at 8 p.m. Put it on right at 8 p.m. on the dot. They tip at 8 p.m. Not 8.01. They tip at 8 p.m. Well, people have to talk and we have to do pre. That's fine. Talk and have your pregame. But the reality of it all is people want to see the, the, they want to see the meat and potatoes. They want to see the game. So let them watch the game. 8 p.m. Put it on. Let people see it. And you know what? Again, they weren't on a news channel. They weren't on one of the broadcast networks that had to get to the news. They could go anywhere. They could do anything. Let the kids celebrate. This is not a knock on the TV channels that they were on by any stretch of the imagination. Because I like CBS, and I like TNT and TBS and all that, but it just comes down to the fact that the kids need to be respected. We're going to take a step aside really quick here because the camp call is calling for the interviews. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy like. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Very happy to have here with me right now defensive tackle of the Syracuse Orange, Chris Slayton. He is no stranger to the show. He's been on the show a bunch of times, and we always appreciate when he takes some time with us. He is live from camp right now on the field of camp. And Chris, I, I got to ask you first and foremost, how has camp gone for you? You're one of the veterans coming back into camp once again. So, just what it's been like this time around for you? Uh, it's been doing me well, man. Uh, working on my technique, trying to master it. You know, trying to get the young guys going, be- becoming more of a better leader. So, I'm trying to improve in that aspect as I can. And when when you look at your technique and like you said, you know, kind of doing the little things and and working on what you need to do. And, and, and when you say technique, I'm guessing, you know, footwork, hands, and, and some of those movements and shifts and whatnot. How, what can you say about your technique at this point? And if you feel like it's improving, if, if you feel like you've, you've done maybe some like little changes, little nuances in your game that have gotten better. You know, I'm doing all the little things, you know, working on hands, footwork, as you said, you know, pad level, get off, you know, everything. Uh, interior line, lineman needs, you know, just working on those things, you know, trying to master those, you know, just getting better every day. And when you look at, you know, helping the young guys come up, just what you could say about some of these guys, because there's guys that had obviously enrolled early to get in early and, and get to work early. What can you say about some of the new faces at camp? Uh, they're taking coaching very well. You know, they're, they're showing up on film. You know, I see him on film making plays, you know, running to the ball, every, doing everything coach is telling them to do. And when you look at this team, you've, you've been through a lot. You've seen a lot. You obviously came in before there was the shift over to Dino Babers. So I want to go back to that for a moment and just what you took away from Scott Schaefer 
into Dino Babers, and now that it's the third season with Dino, just what that's been like with you and just, just what you can say about what you've learned from that coaching shift over time. Uh, just being mentally tough. You know, that coaching staff, it was, it was hard on you. know they, they wanted tough guys. You know, I just took that, the Coach Baber system. You know, I'm just trying to show the young guys to be tough mentally and physically. The guys that, that have come in, I know you said that, you know, they've been showing up on film. Two of the guys that are redshirt freshmen are Curtis Har- Harper and Zach Morton that we haven't had an opportunity to see out there with them coming in last season and, <clears throat> and being redshirted. So they have four years to play. This will be their first. What can you say about Zach Morton and Curtis Harper on the defensive line? They improve every day. You know, they always show up to work, show up, show up ready to, to practice. You know, and that's just big, you know, as a redshirt freshman. You know, you got to take spring ball. You got to take everything. You got to take practice seriously every day. That's they've been doing, you know. And when you look at that, speaking here with Chris Slayton, defensive tackle of the Syracuse Orange, taking things seriously every single day. The last couple seasons, the team has gone 2-6 and six in the ACC, 2-2 two and two in non-conference, 4-8 and eight overall both seasons. Speaking on taking things seriously, what do you take seriously out of those two years? And obviously, I know you're hungry to get to a bowl game. You're hungry to have an opportunity to extend the season. So what you could say about what you took seriously out of those two years, what you learned from the the past two seasons? You know, just competing at the ACC level. You know, this this is a tough conference. You know, we're doing everything we can to get better every day. I know you haven't played in another conference, but... In your opinion, would it be fair to say that this is the toughest conference in the country from the competition that you see every season inside of the Atlantic Division as well as in the rotators that you have and in Pittsburgh as well? Yes, without a doubt. So what makes it the toughest in your opinion? What is it about some of these core? I mean, you're obviously on the line. You're going up against the quarterbacks. What can you say about the the level of competency and ability of these quarterbacks that you've seen so far? You know, we got some athletic, very athletic quarterbacks in our conference. You know, they can scramble, run, jump, you know, all those things. It makes them hard to, you know, tackle. So when we look at as you move forward, Chris, you know, from from this camp specifically, I know you said you've been working on the little things, big picture stuff. What are you taking away from camp so far up to this point? What are you seeing big picture from the team as a whole just just what your takeaways have been from some of your teammates and maybe the energy of the team, how the team has attacked this spring, just what you've seen specifically from the team in general. We we improve we improve you know, we improve day by day, practice by practice. You know, that's good. That's what this team needs. And that's what I see. On the defensive line you had Vincent Reynolds as the defensive line coach. He shifted to defensive tackles. Steve Stannard went to defensive ends. What can you say about you know splitting that up and what that's been like for you? You've had a bunch of different coaches. I know over time you've had to have different coaches at your position. What can you say about Vincent now being specific to tackles, you being a tackle on the team, and, and just how you've handled that shift? You know, uh, Coach Reynolds is a great coach, and then Coach Stannard, he's a great coach too. You know, we're just taking their, their coaching, and they're doing a good job, you know, teaching us techniques, you know, certain things we need to work on and improve on. So having both of them is just 
is awesome and it's great for us. How different or how similar are they to maybe coaches you had in the past? Do you do you see a lot of difference or is there some similarity? Uh, there's some similarity and differences. You know, D line coaching is you know, they they, they coach hands, footwork, pad level, you know. Some similarities there. And then what are the biggest differences? What can you say about, you know, Vincent and, and, and Steve, just how they are with you as opposed to maybe how maybe some of the former coaches were at Syracuse? And uh, there's, there's not really that many differences. You know, it's, it's all in the in uh, scheme on the defense. So we'll take that and we'll just run with it. Before I let you go, speaking here of defensive tackle and, and vet on the team, Chris Slayton here on Wake Up Call live from Q's camp. Chris, what what can you say about the scheme of this defense? Because you've played in multiple defenses at Syracuse, the defense gets gets uh, you know not the best publicity. With, with Scott Schaefer, there was a lot of attacking, a lot of blitzing. This defense it, it takes things in a different way. How would you describe the defense? And do you and do you like this defense? Do you feel like there's value in the defense, so to speak? Yes, I love this defense. There's value in it. You know. Um... The D-line, we putting everything on our back. So, you know, it's important for us to uh, do our jobs, do our one eleven. What is it about the defense that you like? And how would you describe this defense? Because it doesn't seem like there's that, you know, get up and jump and, and hit immediately. Do you, do you think that that's accurate? Is it a read-and-react defense? Or do you feel like it's it's going to no. be more of an attack defense now? More, more of an attack defense. As a D-line standpoint, we're penetrating. That's what we want to do. And and kind of moving on from here, Chris, just what you could say. I know you want to make a bowl game. I know you want to go to the postseason. But what are some of the other aspirations that you have as you have this one more ride with Syracuse this year? I just want to be become a, a better football player all around. You know, that's that's my main goal right now. That's all I'm thinking about. That coming from Chris Slayton. Chris, as always, I appreciate your time. Keep working out there. Keep doing what you need to do. And I know the fans are looking forward to the spring game and what's to come. So God bless with everything, okay? All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. That coming from Chris Slayton, once again, defensive tackle of the Syracuse Orange. A man of not too many words, but wants to go out there and put it on the field. There was a guy that did that in the past for Syracuse. His name was Brisley Esteem. And and he did it as well. So we have our next, I believe, our next uh, interview here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live from Q's Camp. So we'll head to that. Fast break. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in Drysig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are inside of Syracuse spring practice, inside of camp. Typically, I'm on-site conducting these interviews, and for the last couple seasons in the spring, it's been smack dab right in the middle of the show here, and Syracuse has been nice enough to get the players on the phone and, and continue to allow Wake Up Call to have that coverage, and I appreciate that very much so, and appreciate the guys taking some time with me on the phone. So with that being said, we have right now on the line Andrew Armstrong, linebacker of the Syracuse Orange, and always appreciate having him on the show, having all the guys on the show that have been, you know, consummate professionals and go to work every single day. The record doesn't always show you the heart of the man. And I feel like if people took some time with these Syracuse players, they would know exactly what I mean. With that being said, Andrew's on the broadcast. Andrew, how you doing today? Doing well, Dan. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And, and Andrew, first and foremost, uh, going off of what I just said, a record doesn't always show the heart of a man. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Yeah, you know, last year we finished four and eight, but uh, you know what people don't realize is through the first you know four games of the season we're a top twenty five defense, and um, you know we we really showed that potential through the first four games against Clemson last year. And, you know, our main problem last year was just finishing, you know, finishing the games in November, uh, finishing when the bumps and bruises come. So um, yeah, you know, uh, people really don't see the hard work you put in uh, day in and day out. You know, every day of the year, waking up at five thirty every single day for spring ball. Uh, summer conditioning but uh you know we're working working extremely hard to you know go to a bowl game this season and Andrew when you say that when you know you know obviously it was difficult like you said coming down the stretch the team wasn't closing out games in November and whatnot and you said dealing with the bumps and bruises was that the only thing that you saw or was there something else that that made November a little bit more difficult because on October 13th on Friday the 13th you got that victory over Clemson and then you know, from my birthday, October 21st on, the team didn't win a game. Besides having bumps and bruises, can you put your finger on anything that that maybe affected that as well as you move forward? Because obviously you don't want to make past mistakes. So is there something else that was there besides bumps and bruises? Um, You know, I feel like when we beat Clemson, we kind of got comfortable with ourselves. So, you know, we kind of felt like we were the guys. And, you know, following that week, we had Miami, and that was a close, uh, a tough loss. But, uh, you know, it's really treating each game individually and not, like, looking uh, forward or backward, just focusing on each game each week and uh, taking it day by day so uh, you don't lose your focus. When you when you have that big win and you're celebrating that and whatnot, you know, how difficult is it to not, to not lose focus? Because, I mean, you beat the reigning national champion, you do it at home in front of your fans – it's got to be difficult to kind of separate, you know, when you have that 24-hour rule where it's like, let's celebrate, let's have fun, then we go to work. How difficult is that? I mean, I know you spoke to it a little bit, but was it hard for this team to kind of, since they haven't had a win like that in a really long time, to pull away from that? Uh, You know, the big thing that comes down to it is just, you know, enjoy that moment for the, you know, that night, the next day. But once that's over, you just got to get past it and look forward to the next week and forget about it. You know, as hard as that sounds, like, you just got treated day, like day by day and, you know, not dwell or not get too excited that you just beat Clemson because you got four more games left to finish. So we beat Clemson, but we didn't go to a bowl game. So that's that's still a loss in our book. And, Andrew, when you look at your history, speaking here with Andrew Armstrong, linebacker for Syracuse, you know, Syracuse just had Paris Bennett for a really long time as well as Jonathan Thomas and Zaire Franklin. You've stepped into one of those roles and – 
in the spring right now on the depth chart are, are dominant in one of those outside linebacker roles. Just what you can say you learned from the guys that had been here for such a long time, what they taught you, and now stepping into a leadership role and moving forward. Uh, you know, the big thing we're going to miss from those guys is definitely their leadership and their experience. Like you said, they played a lot of football games here at Syracuse. Um, you know, I've definitely learned a ton from them on, you know, how to be a linebacker, uh, footwork, run fits, uh, pass coverage, just being a good person in general. But, um, you know, this year we're, we're, uh, we're all competing at the linebacker position. Those spots are guaranteed. But we're definitely looking forward to showing people that, you know, we mean business too. You know, we're, we're uh, on the come up and we're ready to prove people wrong because a lot of people are saying how the linebackers are, you know, like the weakest of our defense this year. But we're definitely uh, looking forward to proving people wrong when it comes to that. What's the scariest thing about this defense this year? The scariest thing about this defense, uh, they definitely have physicality. Um, you know, it's been a real physical spring. Uh, you know, guys are pushing through those bumps and bruises, not quitting, not giving up. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be guys to show that's not going to quit. We're not. We're going to finish strong uh, through the last four games of the season. Uh, you know, definitely looking forward to it. Now, you know that, you know, you've gone through your own battle in in a different way. Obviously, a different thing that's going on, but affects your game. And Rex is is going through testicular cancer right now, and and he's fighting. You came out last season to speak with everybody on being diagnosed with type one diabetes in high school, and and just just what that's done for you. And and we're more open about it last year. And just what you can say about you know your battle and and having that, and and if it changes your game, how it changes your game, kind of you know, what you're dealing with. I, I know that cancer, diabetes, I know everybody, it's a different thing, but it's still something that makes you the man that you are, and it's still something that can affect your game if you let it. So just what you can say about your journey so far. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, about adversity, you got to ask yourself, uh, you know, why me? But, you know, I, I looked at it from a positive from the beginning, just like Rex has. Uh, you know, God gave us, uh, you know, this disease, but you got to ask yourself the question, how are you going to handle it? Are you going to dwell on it and let it affect you? Are you going to overcome it and, you know, persevere? So, I mean, I felt like, you know, I, it was given to me for a reason uh, to inspire, you know, younger kids that they could still accomplish their dreams and, you know, do what they want to do. But, um, you know, I've controlled my diabetes really well, you know, to help my family, uh, you know, my trainers. Definitely learned a lot about the disease, so I feel like, uh, you know, I, I know a lot about it. But um, doesn't I don't really let it affect me on the field at all. I'm always watching what I'm eating hydrating so kind of when I'm on the field I kind of forget that I have the disease I'm just a, you know like a normal person playing some football hey, when, when you say you know you kind of forget about it and whatnot and but you made the statement God God gave me this a, a lot of people when they go through strife or, or hardship in life that's when they stop believing in God you know my grandfather died I don't believe in God anymore I have cancer I don't believe in God anymore you don't sound like that I mean you don't sound like you're saying hey God you did this to me I hate you let's move on you know, just what you can say about how you handle it, because some people see adversity, they blame God, and then they go to a very dark place. You didn't go to that place. You stayed in the light. You stayed with the positivity. So just to speak on that a little bit. Yeah, well, I had tremendous support from uh, my mom, my dad, my sister. Uh, they definitely helped me, you know, overcome this adversity. You know, they always have my back. They're always pushing me to get better. Uh, you know, they've been right here with me, and I think that's a big thing. Uh just having that support system behind me that's definitely helped me, um, you know, persevere through it all. And and lastly, just to look at Rex and and what he's done, you know, having him as a teammate, 
knowing how hard he has worked just to get out onto the field and now everything that he's doing off the field, just what you could say about seeing him back in practice and what he's meant to you, what he means to this team, even though he's not on the defensive side of the ball, this is one family. Yeah, of course. You know, you when I heard the news, you know, broke my heart. Someone that works that hard, uh, going through this adversity, but he's saying it in a really positive way. Um, you know, he's here, he's at practice. He, uh, he even threw some balls today, so he's definitely uh, definitely handling it really well. And you know, I know knowing him, I know it's, he's going to get through this. He's not going to let it affect him. He's going to be back on the field in no time. But um, you know, he has a great attitude about it, and I'm you know, really proud of him. And lastly, from you, Andrew, just what you could say about some of the newcomers, the new faces that came in early to this team. There's some of those guys that made sure that they came in in January so they could be a part of spring. Just what you've seen from some of those faces that people don't know yet. Uh, speaking from a linebacker perspective, uh, Juan Wallace, uh, early and early this spring as a freshman, uh, you know, like from the first day he got here, he's definitely uh, fit in with the rest of the linebackers. Uh, you know, he's not shy at all. Uh, He's coming in here making plays, you know, a very physical linebacker. Uh, great potential coming out of him. Um, other guys, Andre Cisco, another early and early getting reps with the with the ones this year or the spring. Um, again, a really physical guy, super fast, uh, you know, quick learner, being able to step in as early and early as a freshman and you know, letting his defensive perform can be difficult. So he's really stepped up. Uh, you know, we got a couple uh, transfer guys, that receiver, uh, running back that, uh, you know, Show a lot of potential. We're looking forward to getting those guys on the field. So definitely some uh, great key additions to this, this year's team. That coming from Andrew Armstrong. Andrew, as always, I appreciate your time and spending some moments here with us from camp. God bless, as always, and in your fight that you have daily and, and keep fighting with this team. I know people are hoping big things this year, and I know you guys are going to work hard, so keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. All right, take care. You too. Thanks. That coming from Andrew Armstrong once again, live from camp. So if if you heard us, <laughs> if you heard me like, hey, we got to go to commercial break, get ready and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, these it, it happens as it happens. So today they called a little bit earlier, but we never know. You know, camp is supposed to end and interviews at 930. Sometimes it ends at 945, sometimes 1015, sometimes 920. So, you know, for all of you that came to listen in and wanted to hear these interviews, thank you for your patience and thank you for ad-libbing with us as you know we just are happy to get them on when we get them on and have them be a part of the show the guys have been great and like I said Syracuse University the athletic department uh, Mike Morrison as as well as you know Syracuse football in general I want to thank them and of course I want to thank Andrew Armstrong and Chris Slayton for being a part of the show today because they help make it all possible and like I said, I love being at camp because I, I love watching football. I love watching sports. I mean, it's just, I like to dissect it and see the plays and just nuances and whatnot. And I know that camp's different now and we don't get to see any of that. You only get to see a first few minutes, guys stretching and, and whatnot. And then we get to see the end of practice. You don't get to see the meat and potatoes and, and really see them work out and really see them, you know, scrimmage and whatnot like we used to. But, you know, it's, it's still... I just love the the feeling of of being at camp, you know, for the NFL and for college. I mean, I've I've loved it for as long as I've done for as long as I've done it, and probably before that because I always wanted to see it. So, you know, thank you to the guys for being a part of the show, and thank you to Syracuse for helping bring Cuse Camp to the airwaves here, even though I can't physically be there because I'm dedicated to doing the show for you guys. So that's dedication, and with dedication and hard work. 
when people say things don't work out, they always they always end up working out. May not be exactly what you want, but things always work out. You always just pray that they work out for the best. They said that God has three answers to every prayer. Yes, not yet, and no, because I have something better planned for you. Yes, not yet, and mm, I know you want this, but I have something better coming down the pipe. God is great, and so are you. So thank you so much to everybody that's that's tuning in and being a part of, of this journey in my life, and I appreciate it very much. And never mean to offend anybody. If you don't believe in God or you believe in something else, it's fine. You know, I just, I just do, you know, and I, I feel that in fights in life, no matter how big or small they might be to somebody else, knowing that something bigger than us that, you know, created us and loves us, it has our back, you know, and just, it's, it's always how you look at life. You know, they always say, you know, you put the same amount of water in a glass and some people say, why is it half empty? And other people say, why is it half full? And I look at it and say, well, what are you going to do with the water? Are you going to complain that it's half empty or half full? You're going to drink it. Are you thirsty? Are you going to drink it? You're just going to look at it until it gets warm and you don't want it anymore. You know? Life is how you look at it. Yeah, there's things that suck. If I woke up this morning and the doctor was like, hey, you have cancer, I would not be happy. But I would never stop believing in God. And I would never stop loving And I would never stop appreciating. And I would never stop putting my family first and my friends first and loving my career and loving what I do and living my dreams every day to the best of my ability, which is a lot. I'm going to go out there and do everything I can. And people say, well, you say that now. It's like, well, that's the only way to live. You can't live life negatively, especially if something is is on you, if something is attacking you, if something's after you. I don't ever want anybody to go through cancer. I don't ever want anybody to have to deal with any of this stuff. I didn't want to see my grandmothers have dementia and Alzheimer's. I don't want people to have to fight custody battles for kids or see their kids go through surgery. Mason is this little boy, and this morning as we're talking, he's going through surgery. Nobody wants to see any of that stuff. When my cousin was having her first baby... People were nervous because all her levels and what was going on and the baby's going to be okay, but is she going to be okay? There's a lot of moments that test our faith. There's a lot of moments that shake us. And it's those moments that God wants to see or whatever you believe in wants to see. Are you going to get down on your knees when you're shaken? Are you going to stand up and punch the wall and scream? When, When the world shakes, how will you respond? When the world isn't easy, when the world doesn't give you something favorable, when the world seemingly is spitting at you repeatedly, are you going to get on your knees? Are you going to walk with hate? We have choices in life. We always have choices. We always have choices. And I don't think that Rex would ever choose to be negative. It's not going to be easy. I understand. It's not going to be easy. But he has love. He has support. You, the fan base, if you're with him, he's got you. He's got his family. He's got his friends. He's got his former coaches. He's got his current coaches. He's got his teammates, his former teammates. And I believe he's got something that's bigger than all of us looking after him. 
And that's a great thing. And Andrew Armstrong with diabetes could have quit football, could have deterred him from playing. Family could be nervous, could still be nervous, but he's chasing his dreams. We always have a choice on how we react to something. And I'm not saying that things are easy to react to. I'm not saying that everything in my 32 years was beautiful to react to. But I can promise you that in 32 years, if I reacted positively to something, to everything, life would have been a lot better. Life would have been a lot better. Because reacting positively leaves you without going back and saying, oh, I need to apologize for this or apologize for that. If the glass is half full or half empty, you know what I say? At least there's water in my glass. Because some people don't have any water. And they need some. So why don't I take a sip and then go bring this to somebody else who doesn't have any water? That's what I see when I see a glass half full or half empty. I see water. I see God gave me something. Something to share, to drink, to enjoy. You might not have everything you want, but if you have what you need to live, take peace in that. Take peace in that. We always reach out for the stuff we don't have yet. We always complain about the stuff we didn't get yet. If I died today, with everybody that's been interviewed on this show, all the years that I broadcasted, owning my own company, getting past the quote-unquote five-year window that every business has to get past to prove that they're going to stick around, which I always knew I was going to, irregardless of whatever rule was out there. Everything that I've experienced in 32 years, if I died today, my life is great. And I wrote a great story. And I wasn't perfect, and I can always get better. But... I wrote a great story. With that being said, I want to live to be 110, 112. And I do my best to get there. We'll take a fast break. Speaking of getting there, we are almost to that one-on-one conversation with Jalen Carey. You don't want to miss that. That's coming up in just a little bit here on Wake Up Call. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell him your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. 
I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. He kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so... I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. You just heard from Syracuse spring practice from linebacker Andrew Armstrong and defensive tackle Chris Slayton. As we have a few minutes here before Jalen Carey comes on to the show and you have an opportunity to hear from him. I do want to get into one of the stories that I was looking at this week that caught my eye, and that was the notion of if college basketball and college football athletes get paid, then it would ruin 
the other sports. So I want to get to that here. This morning, there was a conversation about this. I want to get into that right now. And that was coming from Mark Emmert, who oversees the NCAA. He said, we can't play, we can't pay football and basketball players because it would kill non-revenue sports. And this is something that's been in my head for a long time, hence why I wanted to get into this a little bit. He said, if you are going to pay salaries to male athletes, you'd have to do the same thing for female athletes. Agreed. The other argument is that if you were just going to pay football and basketball athletes, the way athletic departments are going to do that is they're going to eliminate other sports, end quote. So I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think that you would have to eliminate the other non-revenue sports in order to pay because they're non-revenue sports so it's not like you're taking money from them well you got to buy equipment you got to do this you got to do that yeah okay whatever but with the amount of ungodly money that comes into a university for basketball and football I'm sure that they could find a way to pay for somebody and figure it out I love how they I love how there's always this for some odd reason with collegiate athletics there's always this conversation of poverty just crying poverty we don't have any money well then where does it go (laughs) where does it go we don't have any money you have money you have a lot of money how do you not have money i love i love that conversation you know dan we would love to build a new arena but we just don't have the capital for it we would love to do x y and z but we just don't have the money you don't have the money you don't have the money really that's like, well, you know, I know people like that. I know that I know that I don't have the money people. I know people like that. Dan, I can't afford to go out to dinner tonight, but I spent $300 on my plane ticket. Dan, I can't, you know, for the life of me, I don't have $13 for a movie, but I just spent $500 on online shopping. I have friends that have done that before. Hey, buddy, thank you so much for for, you know, helping me out and paying for this and and kind of, you know, allowing me to do something that I needed to do and and doing me a favor, I can't pay it off. But I'll buy this $500 box of toys. God bless you. We had a little sneeze in the uh, studio here, so God bless. But it's like, I I mean, it's so crazy to me. We all have a friend like that, don't we? Or a family member or spouse, sibling. If you have a spouse, I feel very bad for you because you're with them all the time. And you don't want to deal with that. So, but we all have that. And like I said, my spouse, I mean, Kate doesn't do that. She doesn't go, hey, babe, we're not going to go to the movie. By the way, I just spent $1,000 on shoes. My wife doesn't do that because that's not fun for anybody. Nor if I did that. If I'm like, babe, you know what? You want to go out to a nice dinner? Can't do that because I just bought a life-size model of Michael Jordan and I'm going to put it in the studio. You know, not, not the nicest thing to do. You got to be smart with your money. But people do that all the time. I don't have the money. And then all of a sudden, bananas money. Here's all the money. I don't, it's like telling somebody, I don't have any money in this room. But I didn't say I didn't have a safe that looks like ducktails. And that's what I think of when I think of collegiate athletics. When somebody cries poverty, I don't have any money to repair the stadium. Where did all the money go? I have figured out mathematically, systematically, that there are places that make an ungodly amount of money. They make a million dollars every two basketball games. If they didn't sell any food, 
didn't have any VIPs, didn't have any luxury boxes, didn't sell any drinks, didn't sell any beer, didn't sell any merchandise, they make a million dollars every two games. With 20 home games a year. $20 million if they never sold parking, merchandise, food, drink, alcoholic anything... No luxury, no VIP, no special engagement, no this seat, no lo- no box, no nut, just base tickets. A million dollars every two games. I don't have the money, Dan. I don't have the money. I don't have the money. So when I hear the NCAA that makes money on top of money on top of money say, you know, I think all these non-revenue sports would go away. I don't, I, I don't see how that they could keep them going. How about you give some revenue to them? How about you pay those athletes? Why not pay them too? I understand. Here's here's the thing, okay? Let me, let me tell you where I'm going here because I'm going to a lot of different places. Do I think that athletes should be paid? No. Do I think... So, I mean, that's the basis of it all. I don't. I'm saying if they were, if student athletes were paid, there's always going to be this level and hierarchy it's always going to be that way Alabama's going to pay their players more than Syracuse pays their players Syracuse is going to pay their players more than East Tennessee plays pays their players football in some schools is going to have more money than basketball basketball and others are going to have more money than football a soccer player is going to make an eighth of what a football player makes a field hockey player is going to make a twelfth of what a basketball player makes. Then you got to make sure that women's and men's basketball make the same. But then a team. But then they say, well, what if we incentivize them? If you win this many games, you get your money. If you do this, you get that. Here's the thing: I am not for paying athletes. I am for what I believe Rob Drummond and I spoke about before. And what that is is that an athlete, a student athlete, has money from the university that is put into an account. They can't open the account. But it's put into, they can't take it all out, but it's put into an account. And as they were, and they, they get their normal stipend and all the stuff they have now so that they can eat and go about their lives, right? That doesn't go away. I'm not saying give them nothing. They have, what people don't understand is that student athletes have something. They have something. They get a stipend so that they can go. Now, they do what they want to do with it. Some of them go buy sneakers, some of them go buy groceries, but they can do what they want to do with it, but it's there, okay? They get something. Full cost of attendance, they get something. It's supposed to increase. With the Autonomous Five, with the Pac-12, the SEC, the ACC, where Syracuse is, the Big 12, and the Big 10, okay? So that's all there. That's all in place. And other schools do it, too, that are not in the Autonomous Five, so or they're working, too. So there is money that goes to them. But what Rob and I were talking about is take money, put it into an account, and once the and, and the longer the player stays, the more money goes into the account. You help them get their education. When they leave, they're leaving and they can open up this account and they have this money that's accrued over time. So they're getting money to eat and to live, and then they're making money in the background. So they're getting it two ways where they're not being paid to play. It's just like somebody getting a savings account and your grandfather and your dad and your mom just putting money in there, right? Grandma just going, Hey, every year, every year, you know, that you, that that you're alive. I get you a little treat, I get you a little toy, and I put $50 in your savings. And so when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, I put it in, grandpa puts it in, your other grandparents, your parents. If everybody puts in 50 bucks and there's just six of us, that's 300 bucks a year, right? So 
if we continue to do that and 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 we're all alive when you're 30 years old then you have $9,000 in that account. It's not it's not a ton, but it's something. Again, appreciating what you have. So, do I think that athletes should be paid? That's a very difficult question because I want them to be able to live and I want them to be able to enjoy and I want them to be able to have fun. At the same time, I don't want them to to lose the amateur status. At the same time, is it really amateur when the NCAA is making billions of dollars? It's such a multi-layered conversation, but to say we'll have to get rid of the non The, the, if we have to get rid of the, the sports that we're not bringing in money from, that we're not selling tickets to, to say that, to say that we have to get rid of those sports, that's I mean, that's just crazy business. And it's not that the NCAA hasn't said crazy business before, but when you look at things and to say, well, you know, the non-revenue sports would have to go away, they're already catching flack, okay? If anything, the non-revenue sports need to get respected more and treated better. And then we can go from there. How about how about putting them on a higher pedestal and just keeping it all together? I mean, why tell people, well, if you come to play football, everybody will love you. If you come to play basketball, everybody will love you. If you come to play field hockey, nobody will know you. If you come to play volleyball, people won't even remember it's a sport here. Why would you do that? But see, schools do that to themselves. They create, they feed that. People are conditioned to believe what they see, creatures of habit. Football, 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 basketball, 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 lacrosse, lacrosse, soccer, field hockey, volleyball, swimming. That's how it's treated. If the school said soccer, 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 softball, 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 field hockey, field hockey, field hockey, football, 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 basketball, 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 then all of a sudden you're changing the dynamic. But if you tell everybody that there's levels and you treat them all that way, then don't be surprised that when it comes down to it, there's not respect there for them. So like I said, this is a conversation that I see all the different angles on and continue to see new angles every day and am learning. And I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room because if you thought that, you never learn anything. I don't think that I'm a dumb person when I walk into a room, but I most certainly know that I can learn from other people. And in this, should athletes be paid or not, I feel like there should be, like Rob said, an account that's set up that accrues money over time that the kids can take with them as they go and still have a stipend and then not necessarily get paid to play. At the same time, with there being a lot of crooked behavior on the body and organization that oversees all these players... I understand them saying, well, if they're making all this money off of us, why can't we get something? Why can't we get a check in the mail? So, as I said, it's multi-layered. At the, at, at, and, and the true thing about this is morality has to, has to win the day. Inconsistency has to be erased. And we have to be fair and balanced to everybody. Or else, what are we doing? A lot of people say they're fair and balanced. But you have to act that way, too. You know, somebody could say, hey, I don't cheat on anybody. And they cheat all the time. It's not enough to say something. You have to back it up with action. We'll take a fat. And that's what the NCAA has to look at from here on out. Because the way that the system is right now, especially with college basketball, it is broken times broken times broken times broken. 
And before the floodgates open, they need to fix it for the better. Speaking of college basketball, a phenomenal story is coming up next. We'll take a fast break and come back with Jalen Carey, 2018 Syracuse signee, coming in for their basketball season coming up here in 2018-19. This is a wake-up call fast break. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. So look professional, look good, and feel good. Outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Live streaming to every single device that you have that has the internet. You can pick us up anywhere as well as on iTunes, TuneIn, Player FM, Podbean, and on the website WakeUpCallDT.com. Dot com. Very happy to have here for the first time ever on Wake Up Call, Jalen Carey. Jalen Carey is coming to Syracuse in the incoming class of 2018 for men's basketball. He will be joining Buddy Bayheim, who you just heard heard from recently here on Wake Up Call. And we're very happy to have Jalen here on the show. Jalen, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, and Jalen, I kind of want to get things started with uh, something we were talking about off the air is, you know, just kind of how things seem to be fluid and, and, you know, some people sign on the dotted line or they verbally commit and, and things end up changing. You know, you were coming in with Buddy and Darius Baisley. Everybody gets stoked to watch Darius at the McDonald's All-American game. And then seemingly five minutes after the game ends, he decides that he's going to the G League. He announces that he puts it out there and he's not coming to Syracuse. Where were you when you got the news and how did you get the news? Uh, I was in bed, actually. I was home when I uh, got – my dad called me, and I actually thought he was he was playing around. And then Elijah Hughes texted me and was just like, talk to, talk to uh, Darius, like see where his head is at. But I haven't really spoken to him. But 
my dad was the first one to tell me, and I seen it like all over Twitter and everything. So it was it was a crazy feeling, though. Us just building up a class, building up a cool class coming in next year, and then knowing he's he's not gonna be a part of that. It's crazy, but you no, know, I wish all the best for him. And we're just gonna have to just focus on playing without him now. We just we just move forward. When you build that relationship, Jalen, and, and you spend that time, you know, Syracuse spent almost a year with him and connected to him. When when you come into Syracuse, and like you said, you and, and Darius and Buddy, and you're talking with each other, and you're talking with Elijah Hughes and, and guys on the team and whatnot and thinking about the future, does it feel to you like, you know, somebody – has kind of like broken your trust I mean how do you take I know you said you wish the best for him but how strange is it for you do you do you feel like you were lied to how do you kind of handle it as somebody who had spent time getting to know Darius you're excited you guys are going to be working together and then all of a sudden you're not uh it's it's crazy you know just because I was on my official visit with him and me and him like we I feel like we built a good relationship with each other just Especially on my visit, you know, all, all camps that I'm in during the summer and everything. But uh, knowing that he's leaving us, I, I just feel like it's a part of the way. He feel like he feels like it's the best move for him. So I don't, I don't hold any grudges against him. And I hope I hope nothing but the best for him. I hope whatever his plan is to to help him get to the next level. I hope it works. So, but just I feel like me and him built a, a great relationship. I, I thought we was gonna have a great uh, college season together, college career together, but. I guess that's not in in the works now. So I'm just looking forward on playing, playing with, you know, hopefully Tyus comes back. Oh, Shay, I heard he's staying next year. Elijah is going to be eligible to play. So Buddy's coming in. So just just playing with all of those guys, I'm just looking forward to. You had uh, you had originally put out the message, Jalen. You just wrote, damn dog, and, and tagged him in it. Did you talk to him at all? Did you hear from him at all? Or, or, you know, once everything, like you said, you found out from your dad, but when you put up that message on March 29th, you know, were you were you trying to kind of reach out to him? Were you just kind of sharing your feelings? And, and did you get a chance to talk to him? Um, Actually, I still haven't really gotten a chance to speak to him to see what it does. I, I, just, I hit him up and just told him, wish him nothing but the best. But actually, when I tweeted that, it was, it was some of both, and I wanted to get to him. And actually, just show how I felt, and because no, no, all the fans, all the coaches, we, they all expected something big for Syracuse next year, and we all expect them to be a part of that. But you know, it's 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 life, you know. Not everyone's is, is always committed to something that they say they are. But you no, know, like I said, I, I just wish nothing, nothing but the best. So I don't, I don't hold any grudges for me and him. It's cool. Hopefully, I see him uh, this weekend at Jordan Brand. And I'm and I'm gonna talk to him like nothing like nothing ever happened. You know, I'm not gonna hold nothing against him. Speaking here with Jalen Carey, 2018 incoming freshman for Syracuse basketball. Jalen, when you when you know you're like like Darius, like anybody else. I mean, there's high school, there's prep school, and then you can go to college. You can be one and done. You can stay for a couple of years. You could stay all four years. You could stay for three. You could go overseas, turn 18, come back, be in the draft, go to the G League, come back, be in the draft. What can you say? Because everybody always wants to talk about, you know, what they think a young man should do. And they want to, you know, they, they they make decisions for you. You know, you go on Twitter, you go on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. People on message boards are constantly saying, 
you know, this is how a student athlete should act and this is what they should do and they shouldn't go this route and they should do this and they should do that. When you have all this in front of you where you can go to college, you can get education, you can go for a year, you can go overseas, you can go to the G League, how difficult is it and how have you navigated through it all? Because we always hear from people, random strangers, what they think people should do, but you're the one making the decision. So I'd love to hear from you what life is like inside of this all when everybody's trying to grab at you and kind of tell you, well, you should go this way. No, you should go that way. Just how you handle it all. Uh, you know, my mom, like, she helps me handle that a lot. She, she always, like, in times of, like, people would suggest, you know, I should go to the D-League if someone suggested that or I should or I should go overseas, something like that. My mom always just telling me, like, don't, don't, don't do it for the money if you feel like you – if if you really want to do it, then just do it because you really want. To. Don't do it because you feel like it might help me or it might help. Just do. She always she always tells me to make decisions for myself. Don't don't worry about don't worry about any other. So, you know, I I've actually been been poor all my life. So so her message to me was, if if it, if it, if it takes another four years of you just going to college, getting your education, and then taking that next step, I I could, I could always wait another four years. So. She she just never wants me to rush rush anything I have, you know. And you know, I don't actually I don't want to skip the college process. I want to go to college and you know, just enjoy the college life. You know, actually work on my game, fo- focus on that. And you know, you only get one shot at going to college. I, I say just to really enjoy it. And that's that's what I really want to do. I just want to go to college, enjoy that, and hopefully play at the next level. You signed on the dotted line. You you verbally committed to Syracuse, and then you signed with Syracuse. Well, now you know hi, they always say hindsight's twenty twenty. What is it about Syracuse that's so special and significant to you? Your personal journey, just what Syracuse does for you. Uh, it's just you know just the history that Syracuse has. You know, with the guys that what they put in the league, you know, Tyler Ennis, Michael Carter Williams. You know, the list could go on and on, but. It's a culture they have, you know, I have a great relationship with uh, Coach Ray, Adrian Archer, you know, we're from the same neighborhood, so that, that played a big role in, you know, just me probably following his footsteps and just being better, just being even better than he was, you know, him leading me and showing me the mistakes he made in life, so, and then just, you know, playing for Hall of Fame coach Jim Ben Holland, it's, I, I, I just figure out, how, like, how can you turn that down and, you know, just looking at all the things that added up, you know, my family felt comfortable. I have family in Syracuse, so it's just like a home away from home. And and like you said, having family in Syracuse, you know, share with everybody who you have in Syracuse and, you know, what family members you have that will obviously have an opportunity to come to the games. Well, I have uncles and cousins that live out there, you know. My, dad, my, my dad's brother lives out there, so, you know, him just watching over me, making sure I'm fine when my parents won't be able to get up there. It's just... I feel like it all worked out. It was just, it was just God's plan. And when you look at you know Harlem and your connection there, just just what you can say about you know life and, and growing up, and you know I know you've you've played at Immaculate Conception in Montclair, New Jersey. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But what you can say about Harlem and and just kind of your story, your come up in your life, just just what you can share about living the life that you had and and just having the memories that you do up to this point? Um, you know, it was, it was, a, it was tough, you know, where I'm from. I live, I live in a project, so it's, 
uh, I, I never heard of a project that was that was uh, good anywhere. So you just know like where I come from is tough, but it's it's a community like where I'm from. You know, I know everyone, so they all just guided me in the right direction. You know, they always see me out in the park with my dad working out. So they always they didn't let me do anything wrong. You know, they just it was like my parents wasn't around. They were like they're like they're like my parents. They're like my family. So. But just growing up, you know, I just worked real, real hard. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the best of situations like probably some others have. But you know, I didn't let that get to me. I just, I just continued to work, and just hopefully one day I could just, I could say, oh, my hard work finally paid off. You said that that your mom, when you were speaking on your college experience, speaking here with Jalen Carey, 2018 incoming freshman for Syracuse basketball. Jalen, you you said that your mother said, you know, go enjoy your experience. If, it, if you're going to go to college and it's going to be another four years, I'll wait four years because she wants you to do what you need to do and wants you to get an education. And you had made mention that you said, you know, I've been poor all my life, but my mom is still patient with whatever I want to do. First and foremost, just to speak on what you've been through in your life and the poverty that you've had. And then secondly, just what it means to you to have your mother say, Jalen, yeah, we've been in this poverty level we've we've lived here and I'm okay with waiting a little bit longer because I love my child more than that. I think that's profound that your mother puts you above everything. Yeah, that's that's amazing. No, I'm I'm one of two, so she puts she puts both me, me and my older brother over everything, but you know, just just her saying that like it meant a lot knowing that you know, no no probably probably some some parents out here just they see their kid as just on the way to the league, and that's all they really see is just the, the dollar signs. People around them, they see the dollar signs, but the people around me, they just want me to take my time. They know the money is coming. Like, that's that's the last thing I'm focused on. I'm just focused on getting better as a person, you know, just going to college, getting my education, and safe, safe, I only do two years. I know I've always go back to Syracuse and, and get my education, so that's 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 just the main thing, just getting my education, just making my mom proud. It's, like, there's nothing better than seeing putting your parents on your mom and, and your dad's face. And when, when you say that, you know, like, education means a lot to you, and you said, like, say, I go to, for two years, I can always go back to Syracuse and finish my education. Why is education so important to you? Because I'm sitting here talking, this is the first time you've been on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and it's the first time that, you know, you and I have, have had this conversation, Jalen, and, and, you know, there's there's always the mentality of, if money comes to these young kids that are in the projects, like I said, people speaking for you and not allowing you to speak for yourself, they say, you know what, if somebody comes from nothing and you throw a bunch of money at them, of course you're going to take it. Where you're saying, you know what, yeah, I want to go to the league someday, but money is not the first thing on my mind. I want to get an education. I want to do right by myself. I want to enjoy the college experience. Just bring me into that because that's a very mature statement. It's a very non-materialistic statement, and people don't tell these stories. They tell the stories of the guys that are looking to get the league and get rich quick, where your story is a story of, yeah, you know what? I've had poverty. I've grown up in the projects, but I don't think of money as number one. I want to get an education. I want to spend some time in school. Just to go a little bit deeper on why that is and, and why you're choosing that, because I think that that's a beautiful thing, and I think it's something that people need to hear today. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's just something like my parents instilled in me. They, they always said, like, the NBA is never going nowhere. That's, that's something they basically say to me. So 
they just, they just, they just want me to trust the process. Don't rush, don't rush anything I do. You know, just take my time with everything I do, and that's that's one thing that I can say like that I really learned from them. You know, watching my mom just wake up early mornings and come home late night, seeing my dad work every day. That's just that, that that like even motivated motivated me even more just just to work hard and stuff like that. So seeing what they go through and seeing how hard they work to to get me where I'm at now and like even help me build better to be better in the future is just it's something that you just look at and just say yeah you just you just have to work even, I have to work even harder now you know like like I I don't even play the game I play the game basketball for me but I do it for like my future kids and like my my kids kids just to make sure that they don't have to go through what I what I went through like just growing up. And when you look at what you went through growing up, what can you say is some of the stuff that you've seen or some adversity that you've had? You know, your video is is tagged, it's pinned up on your Twitter, and and people can go read it at Young Sway Five and and see that video of you saying, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. But there was strife, and you were coming from the projects, and like you said, I don't know anybody comes from any projects that's a that's a good place to come from. What is some of the stuff that you went through, some of the adversity that you've had that you can kind of pinpoint and appreciate that you got past it? Uh, one thing I, I could definitely say was adversity was my sister passing. You know, I mentioned that a lot, you know, with a lot of people I talked to, but I'm going to still keep mentioning that. She was just like, she was my heart. So that, that just even pushed me even more, just not seeing that she passed and, like it, it, it was hard, but you know, you know, you just gotta continue to keep working. You always gonna have setbacks or, or people in your way or something that's always just gonna try to set you back. But it, it's just how you, it's just how you recover from it. And I feel like, you know, when she, when she passed last year, I feel like it was, it was tough for 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 a while. But I feel like I overcame it. You know, I, I learned how to just deal with her, just not being here, but you know, just still knowing that she's watching over me. And it, you know, just it, it, everyday life in the projects is tough, you know, just walking outside, you know, people out here, cops are crazy, all, all, all the killings with, with the cops and stuff like that. So just just always just being careful, you know, just, just staying on my best behavior, always being polite, always helping others. That's that's something I always, that's something like my parents always told me, just to be polite. And yeah, that's just, that's just who I am. All right, hold on one second here. When you said, you know, cops and you got to be on your best behavior and everything that's gone on, you know, I, I to to know people of all different backgrounds and, and different parts of this country and different places, to be an African-American man and to be growing up where you grow up, to be growing up in the time that we grow up in where racism was never supposed to be alive it was never supposed to be real equality should have always been here but for some reason i feel like our society went backward or the people that always felt the way that they felt you know turned back around so to speak and and maybe felt more comfortable coming out and and saying things that they were hiding or whatever it may be but to be a young african-american man in the world that we're in today you know it it goes so much beyond basketball and i want to talk with you about basketball here well, you know, while we're speaking, but I would be wrong to not say to you that life is so much bigger than that. So how do you handle life? How do you how do you tackle that? And how do you you know, kinda of tackle the fact of 
sometimes just by the way that you look or where you are, where you're living, that somebody might think a certain way about you. How do you overcome all of that and stay safe and be to where you are right now? Be a man who's living, who's chasing his dreams. Uh, to be honest, I just, I just, like, I am who I am. I don't really, I don't really try to change for anyone. So, you know, say if, I, if I'm walking and I, and I see a police officer, you know, I'll say, what's up, how you doing? Or I'll just keep walking. I don't, I don't even try to start any trouble, you know, with, with all the cop killings that's happening. But even, you know, besides cops, I just, you know, I just, I just walk around. I, I like, I feel like I'm a good like I'm a productive member of the community, and you know, I, I try to help out. You know, I, I'm cool with everyone around here. You know, uh, I probably probably might give a pair of shoes to a kid or something. You know, in my school, and I, I just I just try to do anything anything possible. You know, just just to help and just make the community better. And you spoke on speaking here with Jalen Carey. You spoke on your sister Charlie. Just what you could say about her life and and you know her story, because like you said, you know that she's with you, you know, she's watching over you. And at the same time, I, I'm sure that that was uh, beyond words to have to go through something like that. Just what you can say about, you know, Charlie and, and her memory living on and, and just your love for her and and what that means to you as, as you move forward in your life. Uh, one thing I, I show is, is not, not not every day is guaranteed. That's, that's one thing like that I... It was like I seen her the day before, and the next morning she didn't wake up. So like just 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 seeing that, just showing that you gotta just go, you just gotta you just gotta do everything like it might be your last time ever doing it. And like me seeing that, that's that's what really motivated me to just work harder. And just but I know I know she loved me, and I, and I know she knows that I love her, like, and I still do love her. I know she's watching over me. You know, it might be times so I just might I might. Just pray to her and stuff like that, but it's, it's crazy. And, you know, just what you could say about, like you said, seeing her the day before, just what did her life teach you? What did what did your last interaction with her and and everything teach you as you move forward? Uh, like, like I said, it's just showing every day is not, not guaranteed, you know, just, just we were just laughing, joking. I was in a car with her. She was driving, and a day or two later, I, I got a phone call saying that she didn't wake up. So, so that was crazy. She was just like another kid, like like me, you know, just just gone. She's trying to get into college, you know, just make her, make her mom or her dad proud, and just seeing their faces, you know, all the tears, all you know, the, all the sadness. It, it was it was crazy. So, you know, me, a couple of my friends, I was real, real cool with her. It was just. We all dedicate like our basketball and stuff to her, and, and like every day we just always say do it for Charlie. And you have that you have you have this amazing story of where you were raised, coming out of there, the the family that you have, seeing your your mom work all the time, your dad work, with you know everything with your sister, and what you learned from that, as well as your older brother and your connection to him, and and what you know, how you're treated inside of your family, like you said, and what your mom does and puts you guys first and all of that. You don't sound like a typical young man in society. You sound like somebody who has been through more than enough. So when you step on the basketball court, does it, and I want to respect the game and I want to say this the right way, but does it almost feel like it slows down for you or 
maybe it comes a little bit easier because of everything you've dealt with in life? Do you almost feel like basketball is, is something that you can conquer because of everything else that you've been through, so to speak? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, when I step on the court, when I'm working out, I use basketball. It's just something like, it's like a sanctuary to me. I just, I don't know, like, it, it helps me tune out of, like, all the things I'm going through and stuff like that. So, definitely, like, I like to go to the gym when I'm mad. You know, something's going down. I know, I know that when I'm in the gym, I can just not focus on that and just focus on getting better. And once I'm finished, I probably might have a little thoughts about what was going on in my head, but I know that when I'm in the gym, it like it definitely did help me, but even even on the court, you know, I feel like the game did does did slow down for me a lot. You know, getting older, you know, just working out and just just you know, my dad helped me with that a lot. You know, coaches and stuff like that. So definitely. Now, coming from Immaculate Conception in Montclair, New Jersey, speaking here with Jalen Carey, incoming freshman for 2018-19 season for Syracuse. Jalen, what did you take away from Immaculate Conception, and what can you say about your time there and what you've learned from that? Uh, one thing I can, I can actually say is that I, I, I built something, you know, me and Justin Winston, us as seniors, you know, us leaving out. I starting a new chapter, but I could just, I definitely say from, from our sophomore year getting there, we definitely built, built, built a, a name for ourselves, a name for the program, you know. About three years ago, nobody even knew about Immaculate Conception, so us going there with, with Jimmy Salmon, Marcus Tony L, and Coach Marcel Williams. And just us changing that whole school around, changing the whole program around. Just before I got there, the school's about to be closed down. So us just helping raise money to the school and keeping the school open and stuff like that. You know, I learned a lot from Coach Jim, you know, and just all the, all the plays he worked with and all the plays he had in his upcoming. So, you know, I learned a lot from him and, uh, it was a, it was a great experience, you know. I'm I'm almost done with high school. It, it, it feels crazy, you know. I, I feel like I just started, so it, it's crazy. But I, I learned a lot, you know, going there. I feel like I matured as a man, as a person on and off the court. So that, I feel like that's why my parents sent me there, and I feel like I achieved that. Do you do you feel like you know with helping to keep the school open and keep it going? Do you? feel like you've paid it forward I mean for you is this I mean it seems like it was so much more than than basketball for you at Immaculate Conception it it seems like this was something of a mission to keep the school open and to make sure that you know there's opportunities for people that come after you do you get a sense of that that you that you are going to in some way shape or form be a part of the future and the other young kids that'll come through that school, even if they don't know you, do you feel like you, you've done something in the community to help give them an opportunity that maybe they wouldn't have had? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel like a lot of kids, uh, it's like I encourage them a lot to just to know, just seeing what I went through, just to even step on the court. So that's just a blessing, just seeing that. And even the kids around the school, you know, they see me there. They always congratulate me and stuff like that. So I know the students are proud of me and stuff. Even the kids on the team, they're, they're proud of me as well. And me leaving, just knowing they had to have to pick up what I what I left off at doing. And I know they're well capable of doing that. And I'm just, you know, I'm gonna definitely be around. You know, still, still coming in and just working with the guys. You know, whenever I can get in the gym with them, like that would be great. And even even the kids, even the new kids that'll be coming in when I'm not there, that I won't even know, but. 
me just building a relationship with them and them seeing how I, I got the program to where it's at now and just just tell them that just it's it's, it's no it's not there's nothing that you can do that, that can, uh well I, I worded that wrong but it's really nothing that 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 uh oh, I lost my I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I know you're okay. You're you're just talking about speak, maybe. Like, uh, no, no, uh, I don't think I know what I'm saying. I was just saying it's nothing that it's it's, it's nothing too high. So it's always something that they can do to improve the program. And me and Justin didn't do we didn't do everything. You know, we didn't win. We didn't win any any county championships or state championships. So just know, just just them going there and just having having that goal is big. And, and Jalen, before I let you go, speaking here with Jalen Carey, 2018, incoming freshman for Syracuse basketball, I want to take a look at this season. Syracuse played with five and a half, six players. You know, I say five and a half because Barama Sidibe, although he did good things for the team this year, wasn't 100% healthy. You know, they didn't have much of a bench. Matthew Moyer didn't play that much. He is transferring out from the school. Howard Washington Jr. didn't play that much, and he got injured. And then Marek Dolajai, he was on the team uh, coming off the bench and then got moved to the starters when Matthew Moyer went to the bench. So when you look at this season, five and a half, six guys getting to the Sweet 16, this incoming season, even without Darius Baisley, there's going to be depth at every position at point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. Ten guys on the team right now as it stands with you being one of them. Just what you can say about what you're excited about this coming season and then secondly, how much this team impressed you, if they did impress you, in their run to the Sweet 16. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about next season. It's, I'm really looking forward to next season, but I, I, our main goal is just to win. That's, that's any, that's like, I feel like that's any school's main goal, just to win. And I feel like that's what, that's what we're all going to do. We're going to push each other in practice and just get, just, just, just get better every day. But uh, what, what was your second question? As far as the team this year to the Sweet 16, when they got counted out and didn't have a lot of guys, and they gutted it out and found a way to get there. Uh, that that was definitely big. No, I, I was even shocked, you know, from a team that wasn't even supposed to make the tournament to make to the Sweet 16. It just shows that, you know, you just you can't sleep on anybody. You know, I feel like Syracuse was slept on. And I feel like they, they, they went out there and proved this, though. You know, they, had, they, beat, they beat TCU. They beat Michigan State. So, all those, all those big games, I feel like, they pull themselves. And when you come in, you're coming in with Buddy, who's who's a guard, Elijah Hughes, who's going to be kind of versatile and, and be a guard forward, kind of bounce around where he needs to go. Howard Washington Jr. is a guard. We have Tyus Battle if he comes back. He's a guard. And then Frank Howard as well. Just what you could say about the backcourt, because Syracuse for the last couple seasons been looking to establish some depth there. And with you coming in and Buddy coming in and Elijah being available to play and Howard potentially improving his game and getting healthier, there's going to be depth behind Battle and Howard and just what that means to you to come into a backcourt and establish depth and be one of the guys that can bring the ball up the floor as well as help out kind of wherever you need to. Uh, you know, Frankie, I feel like he had a, he had a good a good season, so... No, how 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 hopefully he's healthy next year and be ready, be ready to play at a hundred percent. So, you know, with Buddy coming in, all of us is just I feel like we're gonna be a I feel like we're gonna be a great pack. But I just can't wait. And as you move forward here, Jalen, to, to round out the show, I want to do something with you called rapid fire. 
and I'm going to throw a bunch of questions at you that have nothing to do with basketball. It's for the fans to get to know you a little bit better. First thing that comes to your mind, are you ready to play? Yeah. All right. Favorite song of all time? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I don't have one. Favorite singer of all time? Favorite singer, band, rapper, whatever. Favorite musician, so to speak, of all time? Uh, favorite singer, PNB Rock. Favorite rapper, Meek Mill. Meek Mill and Drake, if they if they continue the beef and decided to go after each other again, do you think that Drake won? Do you think that Meek won? Who do you think won the first battle? And would you like to see another one? Meek Mill, of course. <laughs> I feel like Drake Drake has nothing to do with him. Okay, all right. See, see, I like I like Drake. Do you like Drake at all or no? No, I don't like Drake. Um, I actually like one song. I, I like to look alive. Okay. I actually like two songs: Look Alive and God's Plan. All right, all right, fair enough. See, so we can we can agree on that. If you if you had one song to come out to every single game at the dome, what would it be? Uh, Twenty Minutes by Lil Uzi Vert. Favorite movie of all time? If you had to watch it for a month straight on repeat, what movie could you watch every day? Coach Carter. Favorite actor of all time. Favorite actor. Ooh. I would say I would say Denzel. Alright. Favorite actress. Mm, I, don't, I don't have one. I really don't have one. Okay. If you how about this then? Celebrity crush. If you could marry anybody, who would it be? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many beautiful females, like there are celebrities. But I'll, I'll probably say Zendaya. Zendaya. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Favorite superhero of all time? Favorite? Uh, the Hulk. The Hulk? It's either the Hulk or Superman. If, if the Hulk faced Superman, who would win and why? I would say the Hulk. He has unlimited strength. Like, the matter he gets is just the stronger he gets. If anybody could play you in a movie... What actor would you want to play Jalen Carey? Jalen Carey. I like that answer. All right, I got a couple more for you here. If you okay, this is a three-part question. You can go anywhere in the world. You where do you go? You could take one person that you know, and you could take one celebrity. So where do you go? Who's the one person you take that you know, and who's the celebrity that you take? I'm going to Dubai. I'm taking my brother with me. And the celebrity, uh, Zendaya. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And my final one for you is, if there was a mission statement for Jalen Carey, if everywhere you went there was a statement that hung above your head, what would that statement say? That's a tough one. Uh, that's... I would just—it would just be—he works hard all the time. He's just a hard worker. Okay, and in, really and in fairness to you, Jalen, since I've been the guy asking the questions and you've been the guy giving the answers, I'm going to flip the script on me. And I know that I ask these ad lib, so I'm going to throw it to you. You can put me on the hot seat now. Give me a couple questions my way. I'm going to—I'm going to flip rapid fire on me. What do you got for me? All right, who's your celebrity crush? 
Man, I got a wife, man. I ain't doing this. Uh, let me think. <laughs> I would I would have to say Jennifer Aniston. Okay, okay. What's your favorite What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. Okay, that's a good movie. Uh, I need a good question for you. If there was one thing you can do over in your life, what would it be? One thing I could do over in my life, what would it be? Yeah. <laughs> this is tough. I I don't live with regret, so I will say that. I as mu- For as much time as I spent with my grandmother, my I called her G-Mama, that lived to be a hundred and a half, I would spend more time with her because I don't think that I could ever spend too much time. So if I could do anything... For as much time as I spent, I'd spend a little bit more time with her. Probably a lot a bit more time. Yeah, I'm sorry for your loss as well, too. I, I appreciate it. Best, best person I've ever met in the world, and I married a woman that reminded me of her. So, you know, Jalen, all I can hope is that whatever I do in this world, I can shine her light, and hopefully people can get to know my grandmother through me. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you three more. I'll give you a, a trifecta here. What do you got? I, I don't have. I don't have any more questions. You got no more. We're gonna end on. We're gonna end on G Mob. I don't think we can go past that, right? We end on a high note. Yeah, that's that's legend. That's legendary, right there. You, you gotta end on that. All right, fair enough. Jalen Carey saying it, saying me legendary when you're trying to be legendary. So I like that. I appreciate that. Well, with that being said, Jalen, I appreciate you being here on Wake Up Call for the show. It's great to finally get you on the broadcast and. If you would like to, I would love the opportunity to have you back on the show soon. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Be good and keep doing what you're doing. Keep writing your story. All right, thank you. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Penn & Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn & Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family. If you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime, the Penn and Trophy Center, 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat Family-Friendly Sports Pub and Restaurant.
this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. It is that time in the show in today's morning menu and every Thursday to do Through the Looking Glass, a deeper look at a trending topic. It is brought to you by Looking Glass Events, your event planning company in central and upstate New York. If you have an event and you want to plan it the right way, first of all, why would you want to plan an event the wrong way? Why wouldn't you want to be prepared and ready to do what you need to do to make it the best event ever possible? That's why you call Looking Glass Events, 315-702-4653. It's as simple as that, 315-702-4653. Kira Wasserbach and her team are ready to help you plan any event. There's no event too big, too small, wherever it may be in upstate and central New York, she is there to help with her team of professionals. Kira Wasserbach and Looking Glass Events want to plan your event today, 315-702-4653. Even if you're not totally through the planning stages of your event, if you don't know exactly what you want to do, your dates, if it's something that you're looking at toward the future, whatever it may be, planning it the right way, you can never start too early. So call that number and make that one of your things on your to-do list. Very simple. Call 315-702-4653 and speak with Kira Wasserback and let her know that you want some help in planning your event because a good team together can create something very, very special. And when she's on your team, I trust that she'll take care of the little things and do things to the best of her ability to help you out to plan your event the best way and to help take some stress off of you as well. In this segment, taking a deeper look at a trending topic through the looking glass, you know what I do. I go to Twitter. I see what they got going on. People see negatives in Twitter and positives in Twitter, back and forth, glass half full or empty. Just like we said, full circle on the show. I see what the I see the good in Twitter. I see that glass, and I say I'm going to take a sip and put some good stuff out there. I take in the good of Twitter, and I share it. So I take that glass of water, I sip the good, and then I spread that around. I put a little bit in your glass, a little bit in your glass, a little bit in your glass to the best of my ability. That's what we do. So with that being said... Let's take a deeper look at a trending topic. What's trending right now is the hashtag, heal the world in five words. I'm going to read some of my favorites. Christian said, always give God the glory to heal the world in five words. Somebody, uh, Liz, it says Liz laugh love. She said, treat everyone as equals to heal the world in five words. Treat everyone else as equals. Trust Jesus Christ as king. That's from Steve Hart. Appreciate that. Let's build bridges, not walls from Eddie. Appreciate that, Eddie. I'm going to put that out there. Love your neighbors as yourself from Dustin G. Heal the world in five words. So taking a deeper look at a trending topic once again, the hashtag heal the world in five words. Got some everyone, got some really nice ones here. Dean said, everyone act more like Canadians. I like that one. 
I love I love the play on words there because Canadians are known to be friendly and kind and peaceful. So everyone act more like Canadians. Be more friendly, be more kind, be more peaceful. You know, stereotypes people think are a bad thing. The stereotype of a Canadian, not a bad thing. Being a good person with manners, not bad. Listen even when you disagree from Raymond. I'm going to put that one out there. Heal the world in five words. What else we got? Always try cheering up others. And they have a quote from Robin Williams, who is one of my favorites of all time. And Robin said, quote, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it feels like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. (laughs) I don't think I can read any farther than that. I never knew Robin Williams, but to me, he was my uncle. To me, he was my friend. I grew up with him, you know, on the television and just watching movies and everything. And I just really... Robin Williams feels like part of my family, even more so than some of my blood relatives. And he always knew how to get to my heart. And he just did it again from from up in heaven. I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it feels like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. I never want you to feel like that. I never want you to feel worthless. I never want you to feel sad. And I always want you and I to be happy. Happy birthday to the love of my life, and happy, happy, wonderful day to you. God bless you all. Have a good day. Make a wish. It's 11-11, and make sure you go out there and live your dreams. God bless, and I'll talk with you tomorrow morning. Wake up call with Dan Tortora at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 to 11, on Friday, April 6th. Annoying moment of the week first. Then we'll jump into significant sound bites with a very special guest, and then we will go from there into football talk can't wait to have that with you and always appreciate you if there's just one listener thank you for listening because it is that one that's going to make a thousand that will make a million in my lifetime i know god's preparing me for big things and i love every single one of you people that take some time to spend with me see look i used you people in a positive sense people always use that in a negative sense Every one of you, man, woman, and child, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the show. We love every color of the rainbow, every sexual orientation, every nationality, every background, every language. You're all welcome here. Every religion, you're all welcome here on the show. This is meant to be a wake-up call for everybody, not just some people. I don't know a God that likes some and doesn't like the other ones. He created all of us children. Why would he not like any of us? So with that being said, people want to know why I believe in God? Well, because God believes that we're all equal, and so do I. So have a great day. Be good to your neighbor. If they look different, talk different, sound different, act different, give them a hug and a kiss anyways, and be good to each other. I'll talk with you tomorrow.